This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And a good morning from the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor. As uh, Charlie and I gazed out the window here from the uh, Zoomerplex, uh, it is a beautiful, bright, sunny morning, as opposed to what the folks down in the States are experiencing. Wow. I know. We've got a lovely blue sky, mm-hmm. but we were just ch- looking at the weather situation in the eastern seaboard, and boy, they got big snow. Snow Megadon. I can't believe that people wouldn't listen to the experts and, stay and say, home. stay off the roads. Exactly. There's a section, I think it's uh, in Kentucky, I-75, a 35-mile long stretch of cars and trucks who are just jammed, and they, they can't go anywhere. Right. It's One lady bit has of snow. been stuck for, uh, I don't know, now about 24 hours. Oh, what, you heard her on the radio? Or yeah, something? yeah, but... <laughs> Oof. Well, I guess there's a 1922 record uh, for snowfall in Washington D.C. Yeah, that may yeah. that record may be broken um, by midnight tonight because I of the amount of snow. It will, yeah, it's just a massive, massive storm. <laughs> anyway, we're safe and sound here, here in Toronto. No. <laughs> we're thinking gardening. We're exactly. thinking spring. Yeah, we're going to talk about all that stuff in a minute. But I'm, in fact, uh, folks, we'd like you to get involved in the conversation. Okay, give a call to Charlie by uh, this number in Toronto: four one six three. Six zero zero seven forty, or anywhere in the province, toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. And the first voice you shall hear uh, when you call in will be that of Jamie's, mm-hmm. who is uh, once again in a training mode under the tutelage, tutelage. of Sebastian. Yeah. Nice word. Hell, I just drum that up. You tutelage. Know? I know. I sometimes do amaze myself. <laughs> <laughs> you, the silver tongue, oh, yeah. Franklin. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yes. you, as usual, uh, Charlie, yeah. well, oh, oh, here mantra, the mantra, here we go, wait a minute Don't get ahead of me. <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, call early, call often, one question per call, because what happens is, you know, call the callers start to line up toward the, you know, the middle of the show, and then they can't get on at the end. So, that's call true. early, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. And let and me know. Call if, often, uh, but one question, or yeah. Franklin will pull you over. Oh, yeah. Patrolman Proctor, boy, I'll get my ticket book and ready. And <laughs> you handy. won't get your bell rung. <laughs> you won't get your bell, oh dear. Yes. <laughs> As he progresses quickly along from that little jibe. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Oh, yeah, the um, uh, let us know if you're a first time caller. Right. Because the bell. True. Will be in action. Okay, so I need to just send a big thank you, shout out thank you to Robert Fraser. Mm-hmm. He was my one of my students in my Humber College class last winter. Okay. And he mailed me 
the directions on how to get from the classroom at Humber College in the greenhouse to the beautiful interior four-story green wall that's in a completely different building. I understand it's quite a circuitous route. It is, it is. And so I just want to thank him. It all worked really well. We had our first class last Wednesday evening. It's 27 brand new students, keen and eager to learn. And we were able to get through and find our way and, and ooh and ah at the wall uh, about hey, halfway through the class. So that worked out well. So thank you again, Robert. I appreciate all your help. Okay. Now, uh, as far as announcements are concerned, Orchid Society come into play here at all? Well, yes, the oh. Orchid Society, because yeah. we're going to go to that, aren't we? I or would hope so. I would hope so. That is the Valentine's Day weekend. Yeah. It's a lot going on that weekend. It's the All-Star Weekend, too, for Ooh, basketball. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's going to be exciting. <laughs> and that's here in Toronto. We've never had NBA All-Star here in Toronto, ever. Wow. It's big, if you're a basketball fan. Yes, the weekend of Saturday, February 13th, and Sunday, February 14th, the Southern Ontario Orchid Society presents its 36th annual Orchid Show, and it is a serious show. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful displays. Um, tons of vendors with great orchids and orchid accessories on sale. Expertise just coming out the yin-yang. There's just so many people that know what's going on that can answer your questions, help you. You know, we get questions about repotting orchids and, and you know, uh, trying to get them to flower and how do I water them. The advisability them? of using ice cubes. Exactly. Stuff like that. Yeah. So there's a lot of really knowledgeable people. Of course, the Orchid Show happens at the Toronto Botanical Garden in Toronto, which is Leslie and Lawrence. Both days open 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Uh, there's early morning hours. Oh, wait a minute. Is it special hours? It's actually early Sunday morning. And later Saturday evening are the special hours for uh, photographers with tripods because there are no tripods allowed on the floor when the show is open to the public because there are so many people and there's just no way there's room for tripods. So anyway, more information, of course, very simple to just go to www.soos.ca, Southern Ontario Orchid Society. Um, Also, lots of things going on here. Uh, The Let's see. Ontario Rock Garden and Hardy Plant Society, February the 7th, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. meeting with Sean Hogan from Cistus Nursery in Portland, Oregon. He's speaking on Huda Thunket. High elevation, <laughs> yeah. How to thunk it? High elevation plants from around the world that surprise. So that be that sounds really good. Uh, Sean will be talking all about plants that are native to high places that are remarkably ad- adaptable. And of course, the Rock Garden and Hardy Plant Society meets also at the Toronto Botanical Gardens in the Floral Hall, seven 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 Lawrence Avenue East in Toronto. Uh-huh. What else have I got here? The Burlington Horticultural Society General Meeting holding uh, on Wednesday, February the 10th, 7.30 p.m. They meet at the Burlington Senior Center, 2285 New Street. Speaker is Sean James, and he will be talking about Simply Shrubs. So lots of refreshments, fun people, a draw, and of course, all are welcome. Okie dokie. And uh, when we return, we're going to take a little bit of a break here shortly. Uh, I want to talk about what gardeners are thinking about at this time of year. Some of the things that are running through the Are you admitting that you're not a gardener? 
Uh, no, I speak on behalf of all gardeners. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all the undergardeners. All the undergardeners out there, yes, yes, yes. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Charlie and yours truly, Frank, uh, tiptoeing through the tulips here (laughs) on a Saturday morning, 23rd day of Jan, and the lines are open at 416-360-0740, and anywhere in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Before we uh, come into the studio, I was saying to Charlie, what? What exactly is going through the mind of gardeners right now? I mean, I know. here You're we so are funny. in the depths of winter. When you, the depths of winter, though, not a lot well, of snow. Not, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's January. Though. Yeah, yeah. The days are getting longer a little bit every yeah. day. Um, it's getting and, lighter later lately. How about that? Say that again fast. Lighter later lately. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> So, good job. So, um, uh, yeah, so you asked me, well, will, will people be sitting down with, like, rulers and pencils and pouring over? Designs desi- for the yeah, backyard. Yeah, designs and magazines. Yeah. And, and I said, they could be. You know, yeah. they could be dreaming about the, the big changes. But I think a lot of gardeners right now in January, the biggest thing they're doing is they're drooling over seed catalogs. That's, Is that right? Yeah, yeah that's, what, that's kind of what we do at this time of year. It's all about seeds and getting excited about what I'm going to plant this year, which okay. then le- leads to that, and where am I going to plant it? So right. you're right. The design does come up at some point. Is there a particular uh, website that one should go to? Or? I would highly recommend, very simply, Seeds. Dot .ca. Okay. So that is the Seeds of Diversity website. Uh-huh. And of course, Seeds of Diversity is a large organization, nonprofit, international, and it's all about maintaining seeds uh, and, you know, maintaining varieties, etc. Excellent. Well, not only do we talk about seeds, but we talk about ferns on this show. What? <laughs> There's a fern on the line right now from Burlington. Hello, fern. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Morning. Morning. Um, I'm new to orchids anyways, but I was given one a couple of years ago, and it's got all these, the roots are like, they're growing yeah. up. Yeah, that's, that's what they do. That's exactly what they're supposed to do. And so I, I don't cut them off? Or no, leave them alone. No, orchids, many orchids, they're not sort of a traditional plant that, you know, roots are in the ground and leaves are above ground. Many orchids actually grow in the crotches of branches in trees, and they, they come up, sprout up in all kinds of little odd spots. So their roots have actually evolved over the millennia to not only absorb moisture, but actually to uh, use them for air. Purposes. Oh, okay. They actually do a whole air exchange with those roots. So, yes, let those roots do their thing. Okay, I'm pretty excited because it looks like I've got a root, um, a blossom coming, but the stem is underneath one of the leaves. It can't come straight up. Hmm. It's coming straight out, and I can oh, see it. Okay, the, yep. The, well, that happens. You're right because that's exactly where those little uh, flower stems come off of is that the main stem, and if there's a leaf in the way, what I do in a situation like that is I have to give a very small little bamboo, um, almost like a dowel, mm-hmm. but, you know, a little bamboo stake. Right. And I will st- – you're right. The flower stems tend to get very long and they can get broken and get knocked into. Um, they can cause the plant to fall over, you know, because they're just – you get a lot of flowers. You've got some weight there. Right. So I use a stake and I stake the flower stem to go up. 
Well, I, I can't because there's two heavy leaves right over top of it. Yeah, well, as it, it will come out, it'll go to the light. Yeah. So once it makes that trip out from beneath the leaves, yes. then the idea is to get it to turn and go up as opposed to just going straight towards the light. So remember to turn the plant in the window every every few days, 180 degrees, just to try and make sure that the anything that's going on is growing in the most balanced way possible. Right. Okay. Thank and you very much. Thanks for calling. And remember, we will have Terry Kennedy on the show, not next week, but the following week. So in two Saturdays, Terry Kennedy oh, orchid, is the orchid yes. expert. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you've got orchid questions or I'm not answering your orchid questions sufficiently, remember Terry will be here in two weeks and she knows everything. She is the expert. Well, she's the one who yeah. whose hobby went wild, right? <laughs> yeah. Remember, that's the name of yeah. her company, her and her husband. So they started as hobbyists. And before you know it, they had so many orchids, they had to like build a greenhouse for them because wow. the orchids took over their house. So they're, they, they're quite Quite the hobbyist that turned it into a profession. Okay. Um, we're going to take another little break here. At, uh, but before we do, let me remind you of the phone numbers, okay? In Toronto, 416-360-0740. Anywhere in the province, 1-866-740-4740. And we'll look forward to chatting with you here on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And the lines are open at 416-360-0740 in Toronto. And anywhere in the province, it is 1-866-740-4740. And uh, some other spot in the province happens to be at this moment in time, Lindsay, Ontario. Barb on the line. Good morning. Good morning, Barb. Good Morning. Morning. Morning, Charlie and Frank. How are you doing? I, I have a question about uh, hydroponic gardening. I used to do it many, many years ago, mm-hmm. and I don't remember why I stopped, but are there certain plants that you can do that with? Are you thinking edible crops or...? or no, pl- indoor plants. Just indoor plants in water. And wa- Hydroponically. Yeah. Well, of course, what is hydroponics? Hydroponics is when we grow plants without the use of any soil or soilless mix. It's strictly right. water with a, a nutrient charge in the water, so fertilized water washing over the roots of the plant. So the roots are all growing in water. So I can hardly hear you. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, is, that, is that any better? Uh, just talking about, yeah, the fact that these, there's no soil, no soilless mix, no pots. It's strictly water-based growth. The plants are held up in the water with different methods. There's all sort of different things going on. But, but I'm just wondering why you would... The one houseplant that many people have right now growing in water is what they call the money tree. Do you have one of those? Mm-hmm. I don't remember what I... I think I grew a lot of houseplants mm. at one point hydroponically. I thought I used a bark like like with the orchid, but I may be mistaken. Yeah, I doubt it. I, no, okay. most plants will not survive in bark. Only plants like orchids, as we mentioned with the last color, because they don't... Many of them don't naturally require soil. They need, okay. you know, very minimal amounts of soil, and their roots actually need lots of air. So that's why bark works for them. Most house plants, if their roots were that exposed to that much air, they would sh- shrivel up and die. 
Okay. So it's, they're either underwater or they're under a soil or a soilless mix. Um, yeah, and growing in water would be a glass with water with a, you know a cutting of something in it. So for sure, if you were propagating coleus, for example, or yeah, there are several house plants that you can just stick them in a jar of water and roots will grow. And the plants won't necessarily thrive, but they will certainly stay alive uh, in a in a, a vase or a cup of water. So that mm-hmm. that is sometimes done, but it's not usually done as a long-term plan. Typically, okay. we get the roots as soon as we've got the roots, then we plant the plants into soil because then they truly will thrive. Mm-hmm. But hydroponics, when it's done commercially for the growing of tomatoes, for example, when you see Ontario grown cucumbers and tomatoes and peppers, they are all grown hydroponically in greenhouses. But it's a oh, okay. very high-tech situation with mm-hmm. lots of movement of air and moisture and, um, and proper fertilizing. Right. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, well, thank you very much. Thanks yeah. for joining us from uh, Lindsay. You're welcome. All thanks the very for the best to the folks out there. It's a good Bye question, back. though. Yeah. You, know, you know, that whole idea of hydroponics and do we do it at home. I mean, I, I remember I had a friend's dad who grew tomatoes in the house uh-huh. year-round hydroponically. And it was just really good because it, for him, he, was, um, he wasn't really bedridden, but he was chronically ill. So yeah. he wasn't able to get up and down and do the kinds of things out in the garden he had done as a, as a younger man. So there he could sit in his chair and he had his tomatoes growing on a table that was – he rolled the table around. Oh, isn't that neat? So he yeah. could roll it to where he was sitting and he could roll it to the window and he could roll it outside. So it did work really well for him and it was quite a simple setup. And he got tomatoes and it made him very happy. Excellent. Yeah. Well, okay. Hey, we uh, have action on the line here. Marvin from Scarborough. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Good morning. Oh, good morning. I have a question for Charlie. Yes. <clears throat> My son gave me an amaryllis a couple of days before Christmas, mm-hmm. and he bought four of them for his family. Now, the other three have all brightly opened, gorgeous blooms. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Mine is still in fairly a tight bud. Mm-hmm. It is about... Um, Oh, 16 inches tall by now. Oh, yeah, okay, bud. sounds good. And it, I can just just barely see a split, mm-hmm. a, a pinky color in it. Mm-hmm. But it's almost it's a month, over a month old, and the others have all flowered. So you're worried that yours, when yours is a slow learner? Yes. <laughs> so you know what it is, probably? It's probably temperature. Oh. The other people who saw the amaryllis pop open and do its thing very quickly, probably have those plants in a higher temperature than you do. Oh, okay. Because that's probably, it's, you know, the, the pro, it sounds like it's happening as it should. It, the physiology is working as it's supposed to, but it's happening slower because of the lower temperature. Well, I keep it in a sunny window. Okay. And um, <clears throat> the leaves are about two feet tall. I mean, it's very yeah. healthy looking. Good. The, the, my problem is I'm going away tomorrow mm-hmm. for about five days, and I don't know how to keep it watered while I'm away. Mm-hmm. What I would do, are you, will you be turning the thermostat down when you leave? No, I'm only gone five days. Five so. days. Yeah, so I don't mean really low, but just turning it down to, you know, sort of 65, 66. Or what do you normally keep it at? Uh, 68. Okay. <clears throat> so it'll, it'll be roughly at that temperature. So... Could you uh, close, like, do you have sheer curtains or a blind over the window? I, I do. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I do have uh, shears on another window. I'm m- keeping the amaryllis in my kitchen. Right. 
but I do have shears in my living room. Well, so I'm just saying, if you lower the light level on the amaryllis and you keep that temperature at 68 degrees and you give it a thorough watering before you leave, uh, it, it'll be fine. Oh, oh, it will? Yeah. <clears throat> okay, because I didn't want it to flower and, be de- and die before I get home. <laughs> no, it shouldn't. I think you'll find that it'll be cracking some good color when you get back, and certainly you'll want to turn it right away because it's going to have a tendency to bend towards the light. Right, uh, yes. And that, So that's why if you lower the light levels a bit, you'll slow things down, and you'll okay. slow down that movement towards the window. Okay, uh, and how long do they normally last in flower? Again, it's going to come down to temperature. See, at oh, your 68 degrees, you could have it last 10 days or more, depending on how many flowers, and might even get another flower stem, depending oh. on the size of the bulb. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's people who have warmer houses, you know, 70, 71, 72, mm-hmm. flowers don't last nearly as long. You oh, cut I your see. time in half. Okay. All right. Wonderful. Good. Thank you very much. Let us know how that works out. All right, I will. Thank you very much. Thanks Thank for your you. call. And uh, folks on the line, my gosh, we've got uh, lines heating up like crazy here. From Brampton, there's Mary. Hi, Mary. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Whoops, I can't quite hear you, love. Yeah, better? There you go. Today is Amaryllis Day. Yes, it is. Excuse me. Okay, three years ago, I got an Amaryllis. Mm -hmm. Bloomed every year. Mm -hmm. This year, I got two stalks Mm -hmm. and two two flower buds. Nice. Beautiful. I mean, it's like, what happened? (laughs) <laughs> you did something very right last year. Yeah, I guess so. Listen, Ken, what can I do? Do I just leave it and have two two <clears throat> two blooms next year? Can I separate? What, what's the best way to handle it? Oh, so wait, so have you got two bulbs in the pot, or you ended up with two flower stems? One bulb in a tiny pot for three seasons. Nice. Just, just enjoy it. Maybe you get four next year. Wow. Yeah, the tiny pot is the amazing thing that you know. Mm-hmm. But but at some point, it's been three years, so maybe even this summer in August or thereabouts, you might want to consider repotting it into a one size up pot. Basically larger. Okay. If there's a lot of roots growing out the bottom, particularly. No, no roots coming out anywhere. Okay. Well, you know, they do like to be in a small pot. There's no question. Same pot, and, three and, years. But so that's fine. But what you're doing that's so good is that you're fattening that bulb up the way you're caring for that plant after it flowers. Those green leaves are absorbing sunlight and making the bulb bigger every and, year. And those leaves, like, almost take over the whole table. Yeah. And the more you let those leaves take over the table and fatten the bulb up, the more flowers you get next year. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's right, exactly. So you're right. doing something very right. Yeah, I mean, even my sister, who's not impressed, was one. <laughs> it's always nice to impress friends and family, I think. Yeah, so just leave it alone. Yep, but yep. next year... Do what you're doing. I'm going to repot it fresh so I slightly bigger pot. If you, yeah, it, it, you don't have to, but if you're going to repot it, the time to repot it is just when you're going to set it out and start watering. Okay. Right, good. so that would be in, you know, October. Okay, then I'm going to leave it alone. Maybe I'll get three. Yeah, you never know. Well, good luck on that. Okay, thanks a lot. Thanks, Thank Mary. You. Thanks, Mary. Bye. Uh, here we are on the Garden Show on a beautiful Saturday morning, so uh, pleased that you could join us. Mm-hmm. Jane in Dundas on the line right now. Uh, pardon me. Hi, Jane. Good morning. Good morning. Um, that lady about the hydroponic plants. Yes. In my house, I have 27 plants, mm-hmm. 
and half of them are all in just ordinary water. Yep, just in a jar of water. Now, I don't know any other plants because that's all I have. Mm. But uh, they sure help with the humidity in the winter. Mm. The water does, as do the plants, yes. Mm-hmm. No question. So, like I said, I don't know what plant she wants to grow, mm-hmm. but they work wonderfully with it. What sort of containers are we talking about here? Um, I have little vases I get at the Value Village. And what I do is I buy colored stones from the dollar store. And then put the half stones, and then I cut clippings off of each plant and put it in the water, mm-hmm. and then add a few more stones. Wow. That's oh. pretty simple. And all the... Actually, I'm just looking. So here, here's an example for on the web. I'm just showing Frank. Uh, so it sh- I just Googled philodendron cuttings. And, mm-hmm. of course, there's a whole bunch of examples of cuttings in just in water, like in jars. See the vase right. there? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, so, and once your roots grow, you just let the roots grow. You just leave them in the, leave them in oh, the jars. Oh, yeah. And you change the water every now and then? Yep, because um, I, in certain containers, I don't want them to grow any bigger. Mm-hmm. But I do have some that I hang on the wall. Oh. I have, you know, those little hangers. You, oh, yeah, 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 they're sweet. Yeah. Hmm. So, so that's what I do. That, yeah, exactly. So just that, so that is just growing in water, which is in the same plain, I, ordinary water, tap water. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and you just this. add water every now and then. Do you ever cut yeah, the roots and back? Sometimes when I take them out to clean the jars, yeah. I just rinse the roots. their roots under water. But if they're extra long, I'll just cut a little bit off of them. Not much. So. Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes they'll they'll end up rotting in water. So that's oh no, the, they don't. They don't. Eh? So you never get like nope. I've been brown. doing it for years. Oh, wow. good stuff. Good for you. Well, there you go. So there's actually <clears throat> quite a few photographs of images on uh, on the web of people basically taking cuttings, putting the philodendron yep. pieces into water, and then lining them up on windowsills. Like in, yep, like I've got them saying. all over the house. Excellent. Good for okay. you. Thanks for calling. That's great. Thank, Thank you for the you. call. Bye. I hope okay. Barb was listening still from uh, Lindsay. She was the one who wondered about growing things in water. Well, as we said goodbye to Jane, that leaves the line open at 416-360-0740. And anywhere in the province, toll free to reach Charlie Dobbin, 1-866-740-4740. All right. Oh, uh, from Uxbridge, it's Bev on the line right now. Hi, Bev. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. Charlie and Frank. Um, I kept a couple of pods off a daylily and... I, the, you know, the seeds uh-huh. were popping out, yep. and I wondered how I could start them. Do I have to, hope I have to, don't have to go through the acorn? <laughs> no, you don't. Yeah, it's just trees that typically need that cold period, mm-hmm. and oh, the, we refrigerated our acorns, so they had yeah. their winter in the refrigerator. Okay. But with daylilies, you're basically going to be like Mother Nature. So you've got, you have the seeds now from last summer's daylilies. Right. And the pods dried up so that the seeds were mature. Yeah. And have you opened the pods? Well, they popped open. Okay. And you've got the seeds. Right. If you wanted to plant them, you could plant them now. uh, Moist seeding mix. Mm -hmm. So that's a fine mix uh, in terms of the, the... the soil or soilless mix you're going to use. Uh, so it's not a chunky uh, potting soil, but, a, but a, quite a fine one. And it'll be designed specifically for seeding. And yeah, just um, 
in whatever shallow trays that you want to use. You can use proper seating flats or, um, you know, people will save yogurt containers and poke holes in them. Make sure whatever you're seeding into has drainage holes, Mm -hmm. a proper seeding mix, and then just sprinkle those seeds on the surface. Oh, on the surface. Tiny, tiny little seeds. Sprinkle on the surface, uh, and you can put just the bare minimum of soil over top. You just want to barely cover. And what I will typically do is put some saran wrap over top of that, then take my container and put it in a spot where it's warm, like on top of the refrigerator. And that will speed up your germination dramatically, getting some heat from below into the soil. You'll always find seeds grow much quicker if it's a slightly warmed soil, not like oven temperature, but certainly just like the top of refrigerators. Perfect. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then it's, and check every day and you'll mist to, to moisten uh, as required, keeping it moist. As soon as you start to see a little bit of green, now you take those plants uh, that pot or whatever it is and put it right out into a sunny spot or under some lights or onto the windowsill and you'll, the growth of course will be dramatic after that mm, and there'll be little tiny plants that you can take outside once we're frost free very good alrighty now when the, the, this plant has, has multiplied a lot were they seeds that dropped into the soil or uh, no, well, um, daylilies will, yes, they can grow from seed, but they will also grow at, from the crown of the plant, like the root. Just okay. as the plant matures, you'll end up with more crowns. It, it's part of the way the, the, the clump expands oh, uh, over time. It takes years. But yeah. your seeds will not grow and be the same plant as what you have in the garden because there would have been some cross-pollination. So whatever grows, whatever flowers will not be exactly the same as the parent. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so that's always the, the fun part. Uh-huh. See what you get. <laughs> yes, that's surprise. Yeah, exactly. Let very us know. Good. Yes, very good. Thank you very much. Thank Thanks you uh, very much indeed, uh, Bev, from Uxbridge, <clears throat> by the way, which is the scene, or at least the starting point, for Santa's train that uh, uh, went on this year. Yes. Yeah, it's just a delight. York, Durham, Heritage Railroad. Just keep that in mind for next winter. I'll try and remind you. It's, it's so well worth, I think it's a 20 buck ride. What does that have to do with gardening? I'd like well, to it's just the Uxbridge connection. Oh, see. I yeah. see, I see. Well, uh, you know. And it is very pretty country. Yes, and it is. there's a lot of nice yeah. farms there, too. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And you can reach Charlie by calling one of these numbers if you're in Toronto, 416-360-0740. And then anywhere in the province, it is toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And uh, Ron on the line from Orangeville. Good morning, Ron. Good morning, everyone. Morning. I was calling to see, I have a whole bunch of dahlias, mm-hmm. and I uh, was wondering when to start them. Hmm. Well, right about almost now. <laughs> well, that's what I was thinking. You know why? If you if you delay too long, then your dahlias will come up and they'll be very green and you'll be lucky to get flowers by August. Whereas if you start them a little earlier, typically I like to get them going early February. It depends how much room you have in your house for them right. to be able to sprout and grow. Or if you have grow lights or, you know, lots of windows because they do need a you know bright spot. In, otherwise, they'll just get really stringy and unhealthy. Right. Okay. So I have you, about 50 of them, and uh, I, I, I start them for a friend, mm-hmm. 
and uh, I, I, we had great failures last mm, year. They yeah. bloomed and bloomed, and they started early July. Right. So that's good. That's good. And when did you pot those up? I think it was around now, but yeah. I kind of forget. <laughs> well, that's good. No, it was probably around now. They do take a while. So if we, like I said, if you delay too long, you'll be getting your blooms in August and September. So I'd consider February 1st as, a, as an optimal date. So anytime in the next week to 10 days, I would definitely be getting them potted up. And it's going to take you a while to do 50 potting potting up anyway. And well, you're only limited by space and light and your ability to water mm-hmm. them as necessary. Okay, thank All you right. very, very much. Thanks. Have a great day. Thank Thanks, you for calling. Thanks, Ron, very much. What's it like up? Oh, he's gone now. I'm just going to have some words <clears throat> like out the window there in Orangeville. Um, and it's funny, I was just talking to somebody. They work for, uh, like, city of somewhere, city of Vaughan or mm-hmm, city of mm-hmm. Mississauga, and they are potting up their canna lilies as we speak. Oh, and they, right. of course, have hundreds, maybe yeah. thousands. So same thing. These are, these are all tubers uh-huh. or... Bulbs, you know, sort of com- commonly referred to as summer flowering bulbs, uh, that do not stay outside in the winter because they would die, right? They're not like right, tulips yeah. and mm-hmm. daffodils. So they come in for the winter into a frost free situation, but then we uh, pot them up to get them growing to add beauty and height and big leaves and lovely tropical sometimes ambiance to our gardens. Now we start that potting up. You should now. see Charlie's face just lit up there. <laughs> just in a little I bit just of saw it. I just saw <laughs> yeah, what I, I was explaining. I was going, oh, that's pretty nice on a frosty Saturday morning. Exactly. <laughs> uh, here is uh, from Toronto, Hildy. Good morning, Hildy. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Excellent. How are you? Hey, I'm good too. Charlie, uh, I met you at. Uh, an installation at the Gladstone Hotel. Ah, oh, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Where we were both in the brickwork. I remember. The, the yeah, yeah, I totally yeah, yeah. remember. That was such a great place. That was an amazing installation. I still have your pictures, and I'm sorry. I will send them. <laughs> no worries. That was, <laughs> okay. it was part of the Grow Op uh, Grow exhibit. Up, yeah. yeah, Two years ago. Not last year, the year before, yeah. Uh, so. Well, I have two, que- two, one boast and one question. Okay. So I heard, I tuned in this morning, someone had mentioned about her fabulous amaryllis, Mm -hmm. which she had for three years. Well, I bought a bulb last uh, mm, fall, I Mm -hmm. think. Mm -hmm. Anyway, whenever I bought it. But I'm so thrilled I can't think of when I bought it. (laughs) It has had um, two stems, Mm -hmm. one with four flowers, Mm -hmm. the second one with eight flowers. So at one point, about two days, all 12... We're open. Wow. We're open. What and color? White. Oh, it was lovely. called Moonlight. Nice. Yeah, it's lovely. Gorgeous. White with a little green chartreuse mm-hmm. in the center and yellow stamens. And uh, lo and behold, as the two were up there, uh, I was showing it around at our coffee club and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third stem came up, flowering stem. Wow. Where did you buy that bulb? Yeah. Uh, go back there again. Because uh, it was it's... a fundraiser for the Greater Toronto Bulb Society. Oh, well, they and would I have. And Dougal Cameron yeah, he... oh, So well. I, need to, I need to send him. I put it on my Facebook, and I'm pretty bad on Facebook. But uh, I did, you got it up I there. Get those up. But leave so, it to Dougal to have, like, premium bulbs. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. nobody knows bulbs like Dougal. Cameron, he ran something called Garden Imports, which right. was a bulb yep. company. So yes, oh, good for you. That's great. Good, good boast. So the third <laughs> one is up. The yeah. other two are finished. I'm gonna just take its picture after I hang up, just to uh, 
put on my the third installment yeah. of my Amaryllis <laughs> story. Wow, that's great. On my Facebook. Good, so good I'm job. thrilled with this one. And I bought another one, but it's just a standard little white mm-hmm. uh, called Mont Blanc. Oh, yes, yes. That's the classic and white. And yeah. white, too. Mm-hmm. But um, this one is just, I hope I can keep that going. Yeah. Maintain so that year. one. Maybe get four stems next year. Well, there's your, there's your boast. How there's, about your question? Yeah. What, what do you have for us there? Pardon? You have a question that yes, you would like I to do. proffer up? Okay. Yes. Um, have you heard of Himalayan spinach? It's a vine. Hmm. You know no. where I saw it? No. Where? At Allen Gardens Conservatory. Okay. Himalayan spinach. And they had it growing up, that huge... Um, I think it's the Norfolk Island pine, one of the two large trees in the first house there. Mm-hmm. And it had flowers and seed pods and beautiful green leaves, and it's the leaves you eat. So I was speaking ah. to Maria at the yeah. at the conservatory, and she says, oh, I'll give you some seeds. So I go, yes. Oh, nice. I got some pods, and so I let them dry, and I'm just wondering if you had heard of it. I'm going to check with her, too, but... When probably in the warmth, I, I already know that since it's from like, oh no, it's called Malabar spinach. Sorry. Oh, okay. I was going to say Malabar. Malabar spinach. So, anyways, I'm going to try that in my allotment garden. This yeah. Time. Oh, let us know how that goes, because yeah, I, I again, I'm just looking. Okay, quick Google on Malabar spinach, and it is a vine. Yeah, it's pretty. It's got red. It's a red vine with shiny heart-shaped leaves. Yes. It's yes. a it's mm. a Bazella Bazella Alba, uh huh, is what it's saying here and from edible, the Philippines. Obviously, yeah. I guess. Found oh, in tropical okay. Asia, widely used as a leaf vegetable. Yeah, grown under various common names. Of course, everything is, um, which is one of the things I was trying to teach my students this past week. Was common names have are very limiting when it comes yeah. to explaining things. But it's a fast-growing, soft-stemmed vine, reaching up to thirty-three feet in length. Wow. wow. Incredible. Wow. <clears throat> Heart-shaped leaves, mild flavor, texture. Hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. Nice. Looks good. Looks quite tasty. Yeah, it does look good. <laughs> and it looks pre- well, it looks pretty, but if you can eat it as well. Yeah, it's, it's even good. better. If you just pull off a few leaves while you're working in the garden. I was gonna say, and if it's going to grow 33 feet, you're going to want to eat it just to slow it down. <laughs> Before it gets there, yeah. 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 Uh, I'm going to plant it up against the chain link fence. I think it'll mm-hmm. just weave its wealth through there. Yeah, that's a great idea. Well, that's great. Good Thank you. you for the call. Yeah, yeah. thanks again for calling, Hildy. Hey, nice to hear from you, and yeah. uh, I enjoy your program. Thank you so much. Have a great day, and thank you for listening to Zoomer Radio. Uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break here, Charlie. Okay. And uh, remind folks, of course, the line's always open, 416-360-0740, and our toll-free line, one 866 You and I were chatting about this prior to showtime, that something very interesting is going to happen less than a month from now, and that would be the bird count. Remember we'll, the Yeah, well, let's, let's talk about that when we come yeah, back. Exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. Leave people hanging. You shouldn't tell them what we're going to talk about. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, now, the, uh, the teaser expert here. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, folks. There's going to be such by. a surprising <laughs> discovery uh, and, and topic. You will not oh. ever guess what it is. We have to fly away now momentarily. <laughs> Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. 
This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And the uh, sous chef of the garden spilled the beans on what this topic <laughs> is going to be about. The uh, great Canadian back- no, well, great no backyard Canadian. bird count. Okay. It's international. It's Boy, she's worldwide. tough on me this morning. You I are know. ready to jump all over me. What's going I just, on? Well, you're not reading it right. <laughs> no. <laughs> all right, I love birds, yeah. personally, because at this time of year particularly – they're, they're flashes of color, they're mm. movement. They're, I, I have great feeders in my backyard, and I have flocks of all kinds of neat birds. And I keep my field guide, ha- guide handy just because every now and then I get a bird in my yard that I don't know what it is. And a couple of years ago, I discovered the Great Backyard Bird Count. It's an international event across the world. Tens of thousands of people participate. Anybody can participate. It's citizen science at its best. There's a four-day time frame, February the 12th, 13th, 14th, and 15th, right. where during those four days, anybody who wants to participate can by spending 10 minutes just either taking a walk or sitting at the window, looking out the window, counting birds, so quantity, and identifying birds, species, yeah. and sending your data in. And it is one of the ways they've been able to track the mm-hmm. movement of mig- migratory patterns and how they're changing as our climate is changing. Of course, mig- migratory patterns are changing. We, you know, we see robins sometimes up here in, in Ontario right, uh, right through the entire winter, which we certainly never did 20 years ago. Yep. So those kinds of changes in, in bird uh, behaviors. So it's very, very interesting. It's a lot of fun to participate. Very simple website. So just kind of get prepared for that. That's right. Put it on your calendar, February 12th. That's that same weekend. Everything's happening that yeah. week. Weekend, Valentine's weekend. Uh, so Great Backyard Bird Count is gbbc.birdcount.org. Of course, it's a nonprofit organization, and get involved in it. It is a ton of fun. Okay. So, uh, Kathy in Curtis, uh, squeaking in here. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. How are you today? Great. Wonderful. Yep. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Uh, we we uh, we were in Florida with uh, you know a few months ago, mm-hmm. and we saw orchids growing up a tree that was just profusely, mm-hmm. you know, just full of it was just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And she said, "Oh, I think you could probably do that up in Canada mm-hmm. on just a piece of bark with roots." around the bark, as long as you keep the bark damp. Can mm-hmm. I do that inside? You can. Uh, and I've seen, I know many people that take their orchids outside in the summer, uh, but bring them in, obviously, in the winter. But to get your best sort of um, accessories to do that, I know you're all the way in Curtis, but try and come into Toronto for the Southern oh, I was Ontario. Up in Toronto. I don't have orchid. any trouble driving into okay. Toronto. Well, well no, I, and Curtis isn't that far, but just yeah. if you can come in for that weekend, that either, you know, February 14th and 15th, when the Southern Ontario Orchid Society is meeting at the Toronto Botanical Gardens, you will be able to get wire, you'll be able to get spag moths, you can get bark there, and you can get some advice on how to best wire, put it all together right. for your best chance of success. And you're right, it's absolutely gorgeous. Oh, yes. Sometimes people just, will do it on... I couldn't believe it. We went out in their backyard, and I, it was the first time I've been in their house, and I said, my God, I've never heard of an orchid tree. And she said, silly. She thought I was kidding. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Anyway, thank you so much. They take it for granted. But, you know, it's uh, sometimes people will um, wire orchids onto, like, a piece of driftwood, for example. Okay. A neat piece of driftwood mm. with, with good little crotches. In it. But you will need the moss, and you will need the wire, and you... Uh, Very are, decorative, then, you know. Beautiful. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. But I can, but could I keep it inside all year? Yep, yep. And your watering, of course, will be all by spritzing. Okay. Right? It'll be all about using that little mister. Okay. Now, it, does, it has to have bark, though. It just can't be a piece of driftwood. 
Uh, like, no, no, it's not the bark necessarily. It's you need something around the roots when you and wire the orchid, and that's your sphagnum moss. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Uh, and, uh, you have a very good day, both of you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Kathy. Send pictures after you get that made. <laughs> that's oh, going to be great. Oh, the very best. <laughs> I'm afraid we're just about out of time. Race here, track. Yeah, I know. Uh, but you know, I w- did want to mention. Yes. Next week, next Saturday, oh, we yeah. are going to have a special guest here. Uh, Jackie De Silva is going to join us. She's a, a young woman I met. A couple of weeks ago, she is in the horticulture business, but she's young. She's uh-huh. a neophyte. Uh, and I met her through a program that's a, a mentoring program. So it's women mentoring women in horticulture. She's going to come in and tell us a little bit about the apprenticeship program where she studied horticulture, the cur- the work she's doing now. And you'll, you'll, you'll love her because she's just like oozing with enthusiasm and hey, passion. Hey, that's great. And, yeah. and yeah, so she's going to be a lot of fun. So Jackie's going to be here next week. Looking forward to that. Wonderful. And you, you've got a busy weekend. Uh, i got a busy week ahead of me. Well, I'm going to be, uh, of course, back at 2 o'clock uh, mm-hmm. for Live in the City and tell folks what's going on in and around the GTA. Excellent. And uh, I want to thank, just I've got about 30 seconds, e- even less, yeah. uh, the guys from uh, Dave's Corner Garage. <laughs> I believe it was Alan Gelman who, or could have been Dave, could have been Dave, who gave me a watch, uh, a Dave's Corner Garage, uh, uh, you, you. garage watch. <laughs> I've got about five or six really good watches. None of them work. This thing works like a charm. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Save my baby. You just are so funny. <laughs> Easy to please, that Frank Parker. Yes, I am. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much for being here, Frank. Couldn't do it without you. Bless best, your heart. Best undergardener ever. And thank you to Jamie. She's had a good good go at the board there. Excellent, Jamie. Pulled it off really nicely. And Sebastian, her trainer. Thank you to him and all our great callers. See you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.